0: This week's podcast brought to you by Fronton's.
1: On Sunday, I was at our son's soccer game while our uh, nine-year-old was at her own soccer game taken by another parent because you were working. And so uh, after the game, I, I called and said, we're on our way home. We'll be home in a half an hour. How did your game go? And she said very excitedly, it's a secret. I'll tell you when you get home. And so I was very excited for her, assuming that she had scored a goal or they had one big I, I don't know but the secret was but I was very excited when it went and, and when I got home uh, I said hey how tell me tell, what's the secret tell me about your soccer game and she said oh the secret is we lost two to one
2: same Says no pain no gain and we found that to be fact the road might twist and turn a bit but we all arrive intact mr. mom and mrs. dad having each other's back day by day just to keep it sane who's the ball and who's the chain it's hard to tell right here on happiness lane
1: well we're a little late this week two days late later than usual We've had some uh, bug. We've had some stuff going on. Some stuff going on.
0: Our kids are back in school. And uh, our younger two have been back in school for a week and a half now. Our older two have been back in school for however many days. And I think one of the byproducts of not seeing anyone for however many months, six or seven months since March, is that they're now around germs again. And so all of our kids... Every single one of them, plus it's allergy season, all of our kids and I and you have all had some sort of cold, fever, bug, whatever it is. But because we are now in the world of COVID, Friday night when our son comes home and has a fever and a stuffy head, I have to make him a test, appointment for a test. So Saturday morning, rushing him off to uh, get a, a COVID rapid test that fortunately was negative and then
1: but we still can't send him to a soccer game that day because right of course who well knows? he
0: had a fever so you're supposed to keep him away from other kids for right. at least 24 hours
1: the next day he had games yeah so games then the you weekend. know
0: 48 hours later we can send him and then yesterday morning our oldest wakes up and she had been feeling a little bit cruddy the night before she wakes up feverish like in the past with both of our son and our older daughter I would have given them an aspirin and said you guys are going to be fine maybe kept them home from school but that would have been it no so yesterday morning when our older daughter's not feeling well I immediately did the same thing went on made an appointment took her for her covid test covid test fortunately was negative but with her the added layer is at her high school if you miss if you call in sick or whatever they don't let you return unless you have a note from a doctor saying that the symptoms were not related to COVID, so... um And good for them. No, yeah, absolutely, a- absolutely. But it's just like in the past, it would be, oh, you're feeling a little under the weather? Right, I'll check back with you a, le- a little later. Here's some children's Tylenol. We'll check back Suck with you. Suck it
1: up and go to school. Yeah,
0: well, or even if we held them out of school, we certainly, it wouldn't have been something that got us to the doctor. That's, that's the bigger point. And now... If they have especially if, if they have any kind of a fever over a hundred or whatever, and they have the other symptoms, even though if I'm pretty sure they're their allergies, I gotta run back and forth to the clinic to get them there well anyway COVID all of test.
1: this all of this is
0: that's the reason we are a couple days a couple late. days things later. have a, come up a little
1: a little bit on edge, a little bit of tension <laughs> in the household. I know five minutes before we started recording this, you let out a deep sigh and said. All right, let's go bang one of these out. <laughs> and, and and it reminds me that when we finished recording our last podcast, last week's podcast, you looked at, I don't know, an app that you have and said, this is our 140th podcast? Geez, we've done that many? And I said, just as something to say, I said and for what? What's the point? And you said the point, do you remember what you said? I think the, I do. The point <laughs> the point is when we're dead maybe our kids will want to hear our voices at some point.
0: <laughs> well, isn't that ultimately the point? Like I
1: mean Well, I mean it'll be like playing an 8-track tape. They won't have a device on which they can play yeah, it. Yeah, probably
0: not. I mean, that's that's the biggest thing I miss um not the biggest thing, but something, a a significant thing that I miss. I miss hearing my mother's voice. And I still have voicemails that I've, that I saved. Um, I think I have five or six of them that were on our phone that I've since saved on a um, audio file on my phone, just on occasion. It's just, it's comforting and lovely just to hear the voice of someone that you love who no longer is here. So, I mean, our kids are going to have 140 hours worth of Mom and dad's voice to still continue nagging them even long after we're gone. Talking
1: but, about turkey jerky and, I mean, <laughs> tur- <laughs> have we ever talked about turkey jerky? And, we and, have. and their
0: grandfather's dangling dice. I yes. mean, I think these are all things that are, will ultimately bring them joy and maybe occasionally a little tear that rolls down a their cheek. A single
1: tear will roll down their cheek. Maybe. <laughs> Anyway, we're all now recovered or recovering from whatever bug we've had. Everybody's fine.
0: I haven't had the bug yet, so I wonder if I'm not. Either I'm not going to get the bug, or I just haven't had it yet.
1: But I had a, I had a fever the last couple of days, and um, felt better today, and drove our daughter to high school. Um, and about halfway there, the fever returned, and a wave of of um, you know the sweats and a sort of nauseous feeling washed over me, which is when I realized that seat heater was on level three and I was fine. Well, I just I just was in a in a sauna. That and, was and, and and the the heat was cranked up to 74.
0: Well I worked on Tuesday WNBA playoffs. And you were the last one to have driven the car. Yeah. I I worked on Tuesday WNBA playoffs and our second game was a nine something tip. So anyway I didn't leave Br- leave the Bristol until close to midnight, and it in a cold front had come through. It was cold, and um so the the fastest thing to warm up in your car is the seats. So when I got in the car, because I didn't have a coat or anything like that, because when I got there it wasn't cold, so I put the seat heater on. And when I got home at twelve thirty in the morning or whatever, I didn't think to turn the seat heater off. So I'm sorry that you thought you were what having a no. flash of. The flu. A hot or? flash. A hot flash, yeah.
1: That day, you did a doubleheader. What night was that? A couple nights? Tuesday, Tuesday night. And uh, I was sick. The kids had to be run around to various places. Um, and I was just so looking forward um, to, to getting in. You ever had those days where you just can't wait to you're counting, you're counting the hours? To, so you just can get to lay bed. down and just go to sleep. to lay down. Yes. And it was going to be after picking up the girls from volleyball, after dropping off and picking up my son from so, our son from soccer uh, after getting them all, homework done, and, and to bed. And after all that happened, I got into bed. I turned on your game, which turned into a dramatic ending of Phoenix versus Washington. I'll let you talk about that in a second. And as I lay there, I was just thinking I've never been so happy to be horizontal. And it occurred to me that that would also go... Well, on my tombstone. (laughs) So happy to be horizontal. And as I did that, as I lay there, feverish and and exhausted, I felt what the familiar pang from a couple of years ago of what felt like a kidney stone dislodging. And for 10 minutes, I lay there thinking, I I can't believe that this is, you know, this is having simultaneous with, this other stuff, and that's when the closing seconds of that of that Phoenix-Washington game were happening so on TV. At,
0: at what point in the day did you start thinking, like, I can't wait to oh, get in bed?
1: Before lunch.
0: Okay. Because, so I get home that night. You, you've already alerted me that the, the, you're having the kidney stone issues again. I get to bed, I don't know, a little before one in the morning. And when I woke up later that morning, knowing that you had to stay in bed and couldn't drive because you're dealing with this stuff... When I woke up at six, whatever, that is when I started thinking. The, the, you know, you're tired and you you haven't had enough sleep. When and you wake up in the morning, and your first thought, your very first thought is, I cannot wait to get back into bed tonight <laughs> and get a chance to sleep before and that's, you've even gotten out of bed. Before you've even gotten out of bed. And that was the same morning that. So the first place I go is our daughter's room. She's not well. Okay, I gotta. I've got to make the appointment at the urgent care. I've got to figure out. All right, I got to make the drive to get our other kid to high school. Get back in time to get the other kid to this place. And um. Yeah, but this I started having that thought about that night's sleep the second I woke up.
1: And and yet you you have self-styled a nickname for you. You have given yourself a nickname <laughs> and uh, it 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 uh it's it's totally appropriate and uh, I think probably I, I I always think of it as a hashtag for some reason. Well, it
0: was because the first time I mentioned it to you was in a hashtag. Like I texted you and said, I've got it. I'm I'm doing X, Y, Z. I'm taking the like, kids to
1: get COVID tested. I'm going to the grocery. I'm dropping them off here, picking them up there. Then I'm preparing for my games. And then I'm going to the studio to call those games. Then I'm coming back. And, um, you know, I'll take the kids to school in the morning because you're useless. And uh, and you closed with hashtag boss mama.
0: Just boss mom. Boss mom? Just boss, boss mom. mom. Yeah, I closed I with guess. hashtag boss mom. Because you don't want to confuse it with like big mama. So just, That's true. just boss mom. And so then that morning when all this stuff was going on and I and I just came, I, I think I'd come back from bringing one of the kids to school and I'm like, all right, I've done this, this, this. I've got the COVID appointment test set up. I've got this done. And And before I left the room, I just said to you, Boss Mom. <laughs> and, and I have to say, I,
1: I pity the fools who cross Boss Mom these days. And, um,
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, let's get back to, to the well, semifinal well, games. But, 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 but before we do that, okay. I just
1: want to say, m- when you're talking about you, – you took our daughter in for COVID testing, and she was – she. M- wasn't feeling well. She had a fever. She was, you know, sleeping five hours at a time during the day. She, she was had
0: sick. sore throat. She had the runny nose. She had and all. Just of it.
1: before you and I was feeling a little bit better. The day you were taking her to get COVID tested, and I said, "I feel a little better today. How about you?" And she said, "I actually feel worse than yesterday." <laughs> this is the last thing she said to me before she left in like pajama pants, yeah, flip flops, and uh, and a sweatshirt.
0: Yeah, so we're in the car, and she said, "This is a drive-through test, right?" I said, "No." She's like, I have to get out of the car. I said, yes. And she just looked at her ridiculous so, pajama pants so and sweatshirt. She, she, and, uh, but
1: she did struggle to get out of the car and into the urgent care, yes. whatever she did, into the office. Yes. And the doctor asked her, how are you feeling? Yes.
0: And first of all, it was the same doctor that had seen me, seen our son on Friday. So when he walked in, I was like, oh, you know, oh, they're back again. again. They're back again. And he, and so he said to her, so how are you feeling? And I think her response may have been, or he said, you know, are you feeling terrible? And I think her response was No. How are you feeling? Fine. And I'm just sitting there.
1: But you feel betrayed. I, I, I feel, I'm feeling Ridiculous. angry. Like, yeah.
0: hold on a second. You're home from school. You've been sick. You've been t- complaining about all these things that are wrong with you. And then when the doctor asks you, like, basically, why are you here for a COVID test? Ah, I feel fine. I don't know. I'm, I'm doing <laughs> well. I my mom. I, yeah. guess, I, I I just sat there and didn't say a word. And it's a little bit weird because it even has happened with our, like, our 11-year-old son or whatever when you're at their physical When the doctor stops speaking to you in the physical and gears all their questions towards your kid, it's a weird feeling as a parent because you're like, wait a minute, I'm still here. Like, I'm I'm still the parent. Or when the doctor says to your kid, you know, your file is private. You can always call me. Basically, your parents don't have to know when they're like 13 or 14 years old. It's, It's a weird feeling. As a but parent, you understand like,
1: why, because, you know, if somebody comes in with a black eye, how'd you get this? And the parent yeah. is there, remember, you got hit by a doorknob accidentally yeah, yeah, or something. Yeah, no, no, I, yeah, yeah. No, no, I understand say that.
0: I understand it, but it's still like, wait, hold on a second. That, that, that's my baby. That, my baby's still only 11 years old. What do you mean they have their own chart? Or, Hashtag you know? boss mom. <laughs> Hashtag boss mom. All right, so let's get back to Tuesday. Semifinal games. I love the WNBA playoffs. I'm finally horizontal. You're finally horizontal. The WNBA playoffs are just an absolute blast. As great as the NCAA tournament can be and stuff, there's still so many games in the NCAA women's tournament that are not competitive. Or, um, in, like the WNBA playoffs, every game is competitive. Every team has a chance to beat another team, especially in the early w- rounds, which are single elimination. It's my favorite, favorite event to call. So uh, our first game, Connecticut-Chicago, was close in the first half. It's tied. The second half gets away from it a little bit. But then the second game...
1: Connecticut won.
0: Connecticut won, yep. Second game... Is Phoenix, who has Diana Taurasi, you know the the legend, and Skylar Diggins, who's having a great year, and they are playing the Washington Mystics, who had to win their last four games just to make it into the playoffs. The but Washington the defending the defending the defending champion, the league MVP. Yeah, without a lot of w- w- yeah. returning, only one starter from the previous year. I think there was a stretch of the season where they lost eleven of twelve or twelve of thirteen. Like it was in, an improbable run for them to make it to um, make it to the playoffs at all. So we've got this game, which I have to say, for the first half, was an absolute turd. (laughs) It was not well played. Uh, There weren't a lot of shots made. It wasn't a high-scoring affair. Like It was sort of disappointing, a little bit disappointing to watch. And then the third quarter, I don't even remember what— It's such an
1: announcerly phrase, a high-scoring affair. Yeah. The, uh, and, you would then, never then, use that in real life and,
0: exactly and I don't know I don't remember what what Washington's lead was at halftime and then in the third quarter like Diana Taurasi starts to come alive but Washington answers so they still have this lead so the game overall you're, you would still say you know this is kind of disappointing the play on the court is a little bit disappointing considering the playoffs and then the fourth quarter was terrific huge shots by Taurasi and Skylar Ding and Smith big plays the other way by Leilani Mitchell um, for Washington, and then it comes down to a, you know, there's I think 5.6 seconds left or something in Washington down to has the ball, and Skylar Diggins creates something out of nothing, passes the ball to the corner to Shea Petty. Who gets uh, a, a,
1: a very difficult pass. So in oh, traffic over two. Oh yeah. The
0: Skylar Diggins, not only was she trapped the second she started dribbling the ball, she was trapped by two of the bigs for Washington and then kept going and, and a third came over like I don't know how she saw anything. Makes this ridiculous pass to the corner. You're thinking, of course it's the ball's the shots can be taken by Skylar Diggins Smith or of course Diana Taurasi. Well, uh, Diana's not really open. So it goes to the corner to Shea Petty. And we'd already she'd had a really good game. We'd already talked about Shea Petty. She has played two seasons in the WNBA. She has a career 32 regular season games under her belt. Last year she played half the season with the Washington Mystics. This this year she played for the Mystics. They cut her and then Phoenix picked her up or released her and Phoenix picked her up. So she catches the ball going against her former team. The ball barely leaves her hand before the clock goes to zero. She makes the three to win the game. They're down two. She makes the three to win the game. It was just, these are the games like afterwards. You're just on a high. You're so excited. They're so fun to watch. And Well, she I, caught
1: the pass, and the defender's flying at her, and she, yeah, she had the presence of mind to, to
0: fake. Leilani Mitchell has this great contest, flies by her, and then uh Shea Couldn't Petty takes Couldn't possibly know that there would still be two shot. tenths of a second. Oh, left the awareness hit. was ridiculous. So if anybody hasn't seen it, it's all it's all over social media. You can you can go watch it. And I would highly but it recommend it. It was also
1: happening in a bubble, so there weren't fans right. uh reacting right. to it. It was kind of like silence followed by a delayed reaction right. by and, Phoenix. And
0: we're calling the game in our own little bubble. You know, there's three of us in the room, me, Ryan. Actually, LeChina wasn't even in the room at that point. So it's just me and Ryan in this room anyway if you go back and watch listen to ryan's call it is phenomenal like he is when when this was happening he's like standing out of his chair like he would be if we're at the arena his voice is booming like it would be if we were at the arena and there's you know sixteen thousand people cheering his call was phenomenal but this this was just this spectacular moment, because fortunately, Shea Petty had played well enough earlier in the game off the bench where Holly had been able to tell the story about, you know, she's going against the team that cut her and all that. And um, it's just one of those spectacular sports moments. And the funny thing is, most people didn't sit down and watch the whole game. You know, most people who are aware of this saw this amazing play at the end. They don't know that the first two and a half quarters of the game were a turd, <laughs> which is fine. Like it all comes down to this this epic fourth quarter and this great moment. You know, there are games tonight as we record this. There's two games tonight and then I'll be back in the WNBA semifinals start on Sunday. So we'll have two games on Sunday. Both Ve- Vegas will play somebody. Seattle will play somebody. I say somebody because we don't know um, because the WNBA reseeds, And now we're, we're recording this on um, Thursday before the games are played. But WNBA playoffs, if you have a chance, turn them on. They do not disappoint.
1: You mentioned that uh, two bigs uh, were contesting the original pass that led to the basket. And we've talked about this before. I think I have mentioned it before. But is there a more dehumanizing term in sports than big? You don't even acknowledge the humanity. I know. Of people.
0: And you know what's funny? When I was in college, that that wasn't the term. When I was in college, it was like in practice they would break you up and say posts at this end, guards at the other, and posts at this end, co- guards at the other, and you do your position work. It wasn't till um, Richie Atabato was my coach in the WNBA. He his his all of his previous experience was coaching men in the uh, NBA, and that was the first time where they said bigs down here. Um, guards down there I don't think they called them littles it was just like bigs down here and, I, and well, of course I, they didn't call them littles. yeah <laughs> and um
1: wides over there right, narrows down right. here
0: but that was that like in college nobody had my first couple years in the wmba when my coach was nancy darsh who came from the college ranks it was posts and guards and then it became bigs and um yeah that's what we call them bigs
2: are you guys serious about this stuff as a rebecca lobo set shot glass
0: This is our public service announcement um, portion of the podcast. Uh, For people who aren't aware, um, if you're looking for any way or have time to volunteer, most towns need poll workers. They need people to work on Election Day just because so often. P-O-L-L. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Although towns might need the other kind of poll workers, too. I don't know. But um, because so often uh, it's retired people who work, at least that's our experience, too, in our town. When we go to vote, the people who are working um, at the polls or counting the absentee ballots or answering phones or helping people get registered on Election Day are often retired people who are, of course, the most vulnerable population right now in terms of um, getting COVID-19, the pandemic. So both are... Our high school age daughter and I are volunteering and we don't know exactly what we're going to be doing yet, but I know even in our small town, they really need people, um, particularly you know, non-retired people to, um, to volunteer to help. But, so if you're looking for any way to be involved in your community, especially if your high school age kid is and if they're learning about civics and all of that, it, it would be a worthwhile thing to look we into. We know the
1: possibilities though. They, they include scratching your name, your address off when you check in with a little clear ruler. Could be handing out the I Voted sticker at the end.
0: But the, but there's also being at your town hall or, or wherever the location might be where you um, count absentee val- ballots. It might be answering phones where people who don't even know if they're registered can call. In some places it might be being, being there to help people get registered so that they can vote. So it's not even just being at the polling place where maybe you're a little bit worried about all the exposure with a number of people going through. There's other ways um, where you won't be exposed to as many people where you can volunteer. So just putting that out there, um, she, our daughter and I are really excited to do it, and, um, and it would be a worthwhile thing if, if people are interested in that. Now, of course, the whole reason we're doing it is try to get an entire roll of the I Voted stickers instead of just the one they give you so we can have the roll at the house. Not really.
1: And then it will look like you voted multiple times. And, and... Oh, right.
0: That, <laughs> that's a problem. Right before I left to bring our high schooler to school, um, that morning where where I was boss-momming it, and uh, and you were having some kidney stone issues, I said to our nine-year-old, and her brother, I said, all right, I need you guys. I need you to be really responsible this morning. You're going to have to, you know, get yourself your breakfast. You're going to have to make your school lunches. When, when I get home from dropping your older sister off, you're going to have to be ready to go to school. Like, you're going to have to be ready. I said, your, your dad's here, but he's having issues with kidney stones. So he um, he's not going to be able to help. So you got to be responsible. <laughs> so when I came home that morning, um, after dropping the older one off, ready to get the other two to bring them to school, our nine-year-old said to me, "Mom, where are your kidney beans?" <laughs> and I just started laughing, and I just wrapped her up in a big hug, and she just was so darn funny. And um, and then she got a little self self-conscious. What? And I said, "Well." My kidney beans are in the cabinet. I said, there are things called kidney beans. and They're called that because they're shaped like kidneys. But your kidneys, and I pointed to her back. I said, your kidneys are in here and what dad's having are called kidney stones. So it's just so great. Like out of concern for you, you know, she'd gotten herself ready, ready to go to school. Mom, where are your kidney beans?
1: <laughs> Passing kidney beans is an entirely different thing
0: people do that voluntarily, voluntarily, regularly. (laughs) Can I point out that a little earlier in the podcast you were giving me, I don't know if you were giving me a hard time, but pointing out how I had the seat warmers on. Yes. This might be a good time for me to point out that you're wearing your puffy winter coat. It's not even like a fall semi-puffy coat. You are in full North Face winter puffy coat mode right now, and- it's not that cold. Maybe you still have a little of whatever bug. You oh, I were definitely have off. a little
1: bit of whatever. Um, I also have lost a layer of insulation. I, I ran a lot during COVID, so much so that I could no longer run after screwing up my knee and hip, and uh, and then as soon as I stopped running, I I fell ill, and so my weight is. Down and yeah, uh, a, and less. so was my jacket. It's down, and that's why I'm wearing it.
0: Y- there wasn't. You didn't have much um, extra layering anyway. No. But whatever was there is no longer there. So, um, which no one could tell in your puffy coat because it's giving you bulk.
1: Bulk. right, uh, let's do viewer mail, shall we?
0: Let's do viewer mail.
1: First uh, viewer mail comes in from Roger. He signs himself Roger the Waving Cyclist in Denver. And he, Roger writes, this is to ballandchainpod at gmail.com. Steve and Rebecca, I was listening to your podcast on one of my recent bike rides, something I do to keep sane since group rides and COVID-19 don't mix. And my wife got me these great bone-conducting headphones that allow me to listen and still hear traffic and other riders on the road. Remember the bone-conducting headphone, the bone phone?
0: What when is, I was a kid. What does what bone conducting mean? It, it, it,
1: the bone phone you wore like on your collarbone and it conducted sound through your skeleton.
0: Hmm. No, I didn't, I didn't remember that. But okay. So he's, he's, he doesn't have a bone phone, but he has a bone...
1: Conducting headphone. A bone
0: phone. He has a bone phone. Okay. <laughs> I'm just going to call it one. the bone phone. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm. I have to say, Rebecca, <laughs> you are letting Yukon down when you seem to state that strong beers, quote, are some new discovery. College students, particularly at UConn, have known about them forever. Back when I was in school in the late seventies, early eighties, we even had an IPA, the infamous Ballantine IPA, which had seven point nine percent alcohol.
0: I don't the only beer that I was exposed to when I was at UConn was natural light, because that's what was at every party, because it was the cheapest one that they could have on a keg, or whatever we were getting from the bartender at Ted's for free. I don't think you which could. wasn't good and I'm sure that's an NCAA violation but 25 years ago on occasion we would get a free pitcher of beer from uh, from whoever was the bartender at the bar Ted's
1: Well there were some other noticeable beers that will live in history some of which still exist popular at Yukon writes Roger at the time besides Ballantine APA were Haffenreffer aka Green death known for their puzzle bottle caps, various malt liquors like Colt 45 and Mickey's Wide mouths, and of course inexpensive beers they were much more affordable than the premium brands such as red, white and Blue, cheap PBRs, Hulls Export, Narragansett, Fort Schuyler, most notable for the fact you could get it for 399 a case at the liquor store in Sturbridge and other brands I must say red, white and blue the the even more downmarket version of paps that Pabst put out was what uh, I drank at the Avalanche. It wasn't the, like the infamous Pabst
0: red ribbon. It was.
1: It was yeah. It was it was red, red white, white, and blue. blue. It was like what they scraped from the bottom of the vat at Pabst, it's and then like, repackaged for fifty cent.
0: I didn't like beer at all in college. Um, you know, you drank it just because you were out with friends, and there was there's the only thing available. But um, you know, it when it went to my fruitier tastes, I think I've told, told this story. It would be the Boone's Farm Snow Creek Berry. For a dollar a bottle, you'd like a big bottle. Like I don't Snow even know. If, Creek Snow Creek Berry. Snow Creek it was called. It, it, it was with the wines, not even the wine cooler. I it think was,
1: Snow Creek Berry was the bartender who gave you free beers at Tes. <laughs> Could
0: have been. Could have been. So it was Boone's Farm Snow Creek Berry for a buck ninety nine. I don't even know if they make it anymore, but um, that's what I would. That's what some of my teammates and I would have on Friday. Um, this is in preseason. Like we had been you know, working our butts off all week in the weight room, playing pickup on the track. And then we'd have Saturday and Sunday off. So Friday after we'd been doing that all week, we'd go to our room or somebody's dorm room, $5. You'd have a Pizza Hut pizza and your Snow Creek Berry. Oh, the thought of it now is just hideous.
1: Roger writes a great email. He says, in fact, prior to the 80s and 90s, um, Many cities had their own local beers. Hulls was New Havens, but the, big name, but the big names put many of these brands out of business. It was good to see the explosion of craft beers, which simply was the pendulum coming back where now every town can have their own special beer. Oh, and the ones being produced now are also much more flavorful than the ones from back in the 70s. That's for sure. Halls, to tell you the truth, writes Roger, made from the sparkling waters of the Quinnipiac River was pretty god-awful. Really? Hard to believe that... that uh,
0: the Quinnipiac River with the conditions right now is probably running pretty yeah, low, yeah, or maybe exactly. even dry. Exactly, drought, uh, drought
1: conditions here. Um, that's from Roger the waving cyclist. How probably does Roger probably know all of this Possibly about Roger beer. the weaving cyclist, given how much uh, he knows about I beer. Wonder
0: if he works in the beer industry.
1: I don't believe he does, but uh,
0: but perhaps.
1: But given my love Roger of with beer his commercials, headphone. My love of beer commercials from the '70s uh, and '80s. Tonight, let it be low and brow. Uh, I, I enjoy some beer history. Okay, next we go to Tom in St. Louis. Tom in St. Louis writes, Dear Podsters, answering questions apparently runs in my family. My younger brother, who is now a librarian at the historic Los Angeles Central Library, used to staff the Los Angeles County Library System's Call a Librarian line. The the Los Angeles Central Library and the Call a Librarian line in Los Angeles is the subject of Susan Orlean's The Library Book, a great book which I've recommended before. Yeah. So this was the internet before the internet, as we say. Right. You have a question, you call the librarian. And my first job in the world of sports writing, writes Tom, was answering phones at the Los Angeles Herald Examiner, where my main responsibilities were compiling the fish count, a kind of a daily box score for fishermen, and settling bar bets. Each of those calls would end with either the caller saying, oh, and sheepishly (laughs) hanging up the phone, or handing the phone to someone else for me to tell them what year the Braves moved to Atlanta, or something like that. I mean, I find this endlessly interesting, Um, trying to recall what life was like before you could answer any question with the stroke of a a couple of keys on your phone. I mean, uh, what's odd, writes Tom, is that when we're out in public, people also ask us questions. We'll be standing in a line somewhere. And out of all the available candidates, people will ask us if this is the right line to be standing in. I don't know if both being about 6'4 makes us stand out more or gives us a perceived authority and trustworthiness, but people usually seem to turn to us. Do you find that true as a 6'4 person? That or, or maybe people recognize you that people ask you if this is the right line or if uh, you know where the kidney beans are?
0: Um, I I, I haven't noticed that, but because, you know, that like, it doesn't mean it's not true. I s- just haven't. You see those it. like
1: package tours where, where you're at the Olympics or something, and, and, and there's, they always have a person standing there like, with a flag and a sign with a corporate right. logo on it, and people then gravitate to them, even if they're not part of that group, to ask, Do you know which bus I'm supposed to be on, et cetera?
0: If I, if I start wearing my hashtag boss mom shirt out yeah, in public, that probably. might make people ask me questions. The
1: steady stream of stories about the new dog, writes Tom, uh, remind me of when the house of a, of a news side columnist at the Los Angeles Daily News caught fire. As he stood on the sidewalk with his family, watching all their possessions go up in flames, he found himself thinking, well, I should be good on column topics for a while. Why <laughs> do I relate to that? Uh, the novelist Martin Amos, who was uh, in a, an airplane that he and his fellow passengers thought was going to crash, thought to himself, um, you know, this is terrible that the plane is crashing. However, if I do survive this, what a great story to write about, you know? And that is definitely a writer's affliction. Lastly, writes Tom, and this goes back many, many months, did I, did I hear Rebecca say that her big toe was shorter than her second toe? Did I, you say that? I
0: don't know if he heard me say that, but it is true.
1: Well, I, I hope you said that. How else would he know? I don't know. If I got that right, then she has a condition called Morton's toe. Morton's
0: toe. Tell me more.
1: Named for an orthopedist named Dudley Morton, who studied it. I mean, this is the kind of thing that that I would call the L.A., library's central librarian call a librarian line to find out if it's it true is, yes interestingly or maybe not there's another foot condition called morton's neuroma named for a different dr morton <laughs> however she's no better than the second tallest woman in the North e- in the northeast with morton's toe the tallest being the statue of liberty which also has a short big toe most likely because the sculptor Bartoldi based it on ancient greek statues considering how long it took me to compose this email i think i should qualify as your resident hesitant or vice versa tom in st louis thank you tom uh, fascinating, and you played for the Liberty
0: I did unaware
1: all this time that both you and and the logo had Morton's toe, not Morton's salt, but Morton's toe. <laughs> amazing. John sends a link and just writes very sad, and the link is to a story in the Baltimore Sun that says lobo restaurant in Fells Point to close after six years citing coronavirus pandemic and here is a picture of this beautiful corner restaurant. Looks like an old neighborhood bar converted uh, with a beautiful logo Lobo sign hanging on the outside. If only you could What's uh, the buy name that of it? at auction. Is
0: it named Lobo's Bar? It's
1: just named Lobo. Ext- I wonder
0: if they would let me uh, if I could get in touch with those people and purchase I their sign. In touch with it.
1: The Lobo Bar and Restaurant in Fell's Point will close after six years of operation. The latest city establishment to close its doors due to the ongoing coronavirus pandemic. Well, I will send you
0: send me the uh, picture. I, I, will send I you have the been. S- I am so far behind posting stuff on um, Instagram and Twitter, but I I, I will make that. Well, I, 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 I mean, I, I, I the picture
1: is, is in a is in a story uh, linked to the Baltimore Sun. But uh, but anyway, it's a beautiful-looking restaurant with this Script Lobo logo all over the place. Uh, Chris in Cheshire, our resident something-other, writes, Greetings from a teacher who has survived his first week of hybrid teaching. Because of the hybrid model, for the first time in my career, all four days this week were the exact same lessons. We know teachers who are doing that same thing, it became a little like Groundhog Day. However, it has been extremely cathartic to be back at school with students or even simultaneously Google meeting them. That's another new verb to go along with Zooming. At least for one week, the new normal wasn't so new or bad. I hope that your kids have found it truly great to be back and you have found the quiet to be both rewarding and sad. The extra time we got to spend with our three children was certainly the silver lining of COVID-19, the pandemic. Um, our our daughter, who's a newly minted high school student, has has loved it, has loved being at school, Loves going it. to school, having school supplies, organizing her notes, uh staying at school for a couple hours after school before volleyball practice and spending time in school. And I just think it's it's like uh seventeenth century sailors who were craving fruit when they had, you know, scurvy or whatever, that they there's just a biological reaction to, you know, COVID nineteen, the pandemic that, you know, uh, to get back to school as much as they complain about school. It's something that they not only need, but realize that they need. Right. It wasn't until this Thursday, September 10th, that our children went back to school because of their cohort, but that was okay, writes Chris. Our youngest children attend school with three of their cousins who they have barely seen for six months and were thrilled to get to see them. Interestingly, when my sister posted the back to school pictures that night, suddenly I was thinking of you and the pictures, all the kids have signs that say their name, age favorites. And my sister always asked them, what they want to be. To my surprise, my nephew wrote that he wanted to be a prospector. Nice. Uh, our son didn't pan for gold uh, in the second half of the summer. And uh, I'm not sure he's recouped the the $19 investment in, in his gold panning equipment, but, but I assume he will return to it uh, in the spring. I cracked up thinking about your son and his gold panning gear. I immediately ordered a set and sent it to their house. I wouldn't even have thought of it. If you you weren't taking your kids to the stream to sift for gold as a pandemic hobby, and I had to share, I'm still laughing about it as I write. I hope you and your children have a great year. For teachers, New Year's Day is the end of summer. Everyone be well. Regards, your resident something or other, Chris. Um, thank you, Chris. Um,
0: Did you say New Year's Day is the end of summer?
1: Well, yeah. Think about it.
0: Okay.
1: I'm thinking about it. I'm not sure. Okay.
0: That's such a typical user. It's using. such a typical thing, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, think, think, about, about, think it.
1: about it. So, so I don't have to. The unfinished part of that sentence. You think about it. I I still don't understand. Because it's too much thinking, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Konichiwa, Stephen, Rebecca. Greetings from Tokyo, writes Michael, our Tokyo correspondent, formerly our Santo Domingo correspondent. Hey, Michael. I hope this Does finds he have a you poem? well. Don't get, don't get, don't sorry, get ahead I'm of me. I'm sorry,
0: jumping the gun. I get excited when Michael writes in because it means we might have a poem.
1: Well, he's in Japan. Understand? I so, know. So it's a uh, specific kind of
0: poem. It's a haiku.
1: It is a haiku. It's a it's a haiku. C o u p. We have the coup. Uh, uh, Michael is is now sending us haiku in honor of your recent negative COVID test results and continued jocularity. Please enjoy two celebratory haiku, not haikus. Haiku. Is haiku the plural of haiku? I, I, it has never come up in my life no before. No, new. <laughs> I don't know. Haiku are usually three lines with a 575 syllabic distribution. Michael, don't insult us. Don't insult our intelligence. We know that part. We know that. 575 is also our, our son's soccer formation this weekend. They're playing with um, 18 men. Keep going. Okay. Haiku number one. Probes are proboscis, a telescopic Q-tip, and the nasal dipstick.
0: Nice.
1: I'm not going to count the syllables. It it sounded right to me. Second haiku, a pain in the toe, to be fair, doesn't compare to a baby's birth.
0: (laughs) Even if that toe is the bigger second one.
1: Our nine-year-old did say when she was feeling under the weather this week and her congested from seasonal allergies and whatever else said that uh, if uh, we could do an x-ray of her nose... It would reveal boogers backed up to her brain.
0: I wonder if that's why last night, um, and granted, her big sister got a COVID test yesterday. But last night she said to me, what if you go in for the COVID test, but they can't get up there because they've got all the other <laughs> boogers in the way. So uh, we had a nice bedtime conversation about that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, good morning, Rebecca and Steve Writes Rachel, uh, our resident crossword creator. I hope that the kids heading back to school is going well. We started back to school in Idaho four weeks ago. Two days of the classroom and three days online. As a teacher, it's a lot of work, but I will do whatever it takes to be in person with my students. My husband and I made a small enclosure for my desk, which is attached. It looks just like the carnival dunk tank that we've spoken of. Uh, this
0: is in, in school they made this in school. enclosure? And,
1: okay. and the, and the uh, B&C logo... Had a place here, and and there's a, a a ball and chain coaster at the front of the dunk tank. Nice. We'll definitely have to post that. I turned f- f- I turned 40 on Friday, and my husband surprised me with a book you, Rebecca, and your mom wrote. It'd have been odd if I had written a book with your mom, right, Rebecca? Uh, as I run to email asking if I could send it to get it signed, we opened it to see it signed and personalized to the previous owner by both authors. So, your you and your mother have signed this book. To who? To Jan. Do you remember signing this book to Jan?
0: And then what, what is the inscription? The inscription
1: is? is Jan, bless you, Ruth Ann Lobo, and Jan, God bless, Rebecca Lobo.
0: And what is this person's name in Idaho? Rachel. Rachel. Oh, it's Rachel.
1: Yes. Rachel got a a, a book from her husband signed to, to Jan.
0: <laughs> For her 40th birthday. For her 40th birthday. Oh, I love that. Well, if that doesn't suffice, if she wants to send it back well, here, well, I'm happy to scratch well, how about, how out about, Jan's how about, name.
1: How about, how about we get her address and, and send her? And you send, and send her one her a book. She can keep the one to Jan. That's
0: true because we do have some copies of that book here. Although, I then don't, she can keep the one. I just don't. I can't. I don't know if we have any here that are signed by my mom. I'm happy to send her a book that's to Rachel signed by me, and then she'll have that one that's signed by my mom. So, well, so exactly. it's all good.
1: Or, or she could give this, she could find a Jan, if she knows one. She could. And give this to Jan. Uh, I turn 40. Okay. Uh, I look forward to the day that we can start to have group gatherings again. My husband is doing fine with all of this COVID distancing, but I miss people. You name the time and place, and I'm there for the resident gathering. Best wishes on continued safety and COVID-free living. Regards, Rachel. Thank you, Rachel. Oh, uh, Roger, the, we- the waving cyclist and the weaving cyclist, our, our resident beer expert.
0: The bone
1: phone. The bone the, the bone phoner, yes. yes. There, there is a second email in this queue from him that I, I had missed, and it's, uh, uh, hey Steve, just a note for any time Rebecca heads into the water either in Cape Cod or off Australia's Gold Coast, you will be expected to perform the following duty, and it's from a BBC news story. A man leapt from his surfboard onto a shark that was attacking his wife, repeatedly punching the animal... <laughs> Until it let go, Australian media report. So you can expect that service from me. Should a shark ever attack you, that I will leap off my surfboard and start punching the shark in the face. Yes, okay?
0: that's, 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 that will be my level of expectation of you. <laughs> Anything less than that, I'll be disappointed.
1: You say that facetiously? <laughs> I do. So, Sharks of the World, don't say you haven't been warned not to pick on any 6-4 post players with a prominent proboscis. It's proboscis. Probiscus, he writes, a prominent Probiscus, I think he means, or you will face the wrath of a sports writer, husband, father, and proud soon-to-be owner of a set of old, <laughs> a set of old encyclopedias. Uh, thanks for all the smiles, Roger, the waving Colorado cyclist. Thank you, Roger. And, and speaking of that, there is an email in the queue. I haven't read it yet. Encyclopedia Part Two. I guess I never got back to Robert, who encloses. Again, photos of his lovely sets of encyclopedias. I will do that as soon as I get off this podcast. to see.
0: If he's going to enclose photos of his lovely set, you better get back to him.
1: Uh, he's the first viewer that's enclosed the photo of his lovely set. The, Robert, dear Rebecca and Steve, I'm not sure if this email counts as viewer mail submission or as another step in a business transaction. If you're still interested in the 75 gilt Edge World Book Encyclopedias set, let me know the next step to get them to you. Rebecca's provided a clear shelf space before acquiring this space heater set is understandable at the very least. I'm glad you enjoyed the pictures sent last week uh, I will get back to you Robert uh via email i mean the nineteen seventy five gilt edge world book encyclopedia set i i uh, how can we how can we you say, can't oh, turn that can not turn that down unless the unless the shipping is uh prohibitively expensive in which case we will turn it down but let's find that out first. Uh, Jeff writes, Stephen, Rebecca, although I haven't written in a while, rest assured I've been keeping up with the pot as always. Like Rebecca, I haven't been on a plane in forever, so I have no new Hollywood reports. Uh, Jeff, of course, is our Connecticut Hollywood correspondent. Hollywood
0: correspondent,
1: correspondent yes. Uh, not to be confused with the Holly Row Minute, uh, he's our Hollywood correspondent. I do have a book recommendation. I just read Intangibles by Joan Ryan. She, for many years, was a San Francisco sports reporter. I know that. It's an interesting book about team chemistry, and Rebecca's Olympic experience plays a role in one chapter. It sounds like... Coach Vanderveer was tough to play for. I'd be interested to hear both of your thoughts on the value of team chemistry. I think the Russian Lobo team chemistry is part of what makes the pod so great. Here's a link to the book. I was a tad alarmed a few weeks back, writes Jeff, when you talked about the kids camping in the backyard. I'm only one town away, and here is a shot of a large visitor we had this summer, and it is an enormous, enormous black bear, uh, just kind of chilling. Next to the house or the garage or the shed, uh, a structure, anyway, with a lawn chair leaning against it. And it uh, looks very much like the, the woods near our house. So. Well, the
0: kids have, actually, when I was driving home the other night from Bristol, there was a, maybe about five miles from our house, there was a giant bear on the side of the road waiting to cross. So, uh, yeah, and they're out and about right now. So, yeah, our kids have not um, had their, have, have not slept in the tent in, in quite a while
1: lastly writes jeff i want to remind rebecca about her plan to send a photo christmas card take it from me the time to get that organized is now if you wait until december you'll never get it done that's true we've learned that we've learned that
0: because i I, I mentioned last year that i wanted to send a reminder and so right that is this is our reminder thank you
1: and will it will it um will it get done yes i'm skeptical
0: yes especially with the new puppy We took some pictures this summer with the family plus the puppy that I think will work just fine as a Christmas card.
1: Uh, Missy writes, as a native Midwesterner living in the PNW, is there any chance we can get a location out here in the Pacific Northwest? At least we can get the frozen ones in the store. Steve, have you signed up for this? And then there is a link to, I didn't know this existed, White Castle launches Restaurant Loyalty Program. Uh... With its 100th birthday just around the corner, White Castle has launched its first loyalty program with benefits that are customized for each customer. Um, uh, the Craver Nation loyalty program will provide discounts and special offers to customers based on their individual purchase history at White Castle Restaurants. Rebecca, would you be in favor of me uh, becoming a member of the White Castle loyalty pr- program?
0: Sure. It'll help you um, put on st- – I, I Add wear a, to your layer.
1: A, I won't have to wear a puffer coat. Um, right. And finally, to tie it all together uh, in the, in the, uh, in the uh, cleanup spot, Dr. Gary Siegel, who writes, Dear Rebecca and Steve, like viewer Gail, I can't wait to meet all of the characters who have associated themselves with the podcast. I am humbled and honored to be considered as a star of the show. The real stars are the Russian family and Denny, with Holly being a special guest star, along with the Goliks and the doggies. However, I digress. Podcast 139, Proboscuses, and Bird Flipping touched on so many commonalities among the viewers, such that a list, a favorite of Steve's, is warranted. One. The coronavirus PCR test that Rebecca, Steve, and the two oldest daughters underwent resulted in pain for only one Russian family member. Please recall that in my first letter to the show, I noted that women in general, and especially those who have born children, were referred to favorably as tanks with lipstick. Steve, I have no doubt that this swab was a minor inconvenience for the Russian ladies and indeed was painful for you. And it would have been pain, and it would have pained me and most of the husband male viewers as well. Rebecca, do you concur?
0: I think Dr. Siegel is being nice to you.
1: You think he's being nice to me? Yes. Well, I, I, I can only tell you what what I felt, okay. and I felt. Uh, uh, of course, you did. Okay. Two. <gasps> this is like this is like our nine year olds uh, conversations, F- Dad. Four things. Five things. Five things. I need to tell you seven things, and it, she gets through three, and then she can't so remember she four through seven. Yes. Uh, With respect to Rebecca's shark alerts and the possibility of reducing the seal population via contraception, I am unable to give any intelligent advice about seal contraception other than suggesting that seals of Cape Cod avoid Irish bars and dark beer.
0: (laughs) I like that advice.
1: I think that's that's solid advice for, for the human population of Cape Cod as well. Three, Golden Doodle Piper, of of blessed memory in doggy heaven since 2017, had two doggy rear leg ACL repairs, and we too owned a doggy sling. She even underwent underwater dog physical therapy, and after the first repair was hiking trails and back to full speed quickly. Rebecca, uh, you also had two uh, ACL repairs. I did. And yet are not a Golden Doodle. I am not. Would you consider changing your name to Piper? I would. Finally, four, Steve, the... Through enjoying over 100 podcasts and three of your books. I love that he's enjoyed over 100 podcasts. There were 40 that he didn't enjoy at all. In three of your books, I would never have come to the conclusion that you would have owned a car with a manual transmission. A Mini Cooper with a stick, that's a BMW product and your humble correspondent has driven stick shift cars since age 16 as well as owned two BMW M cars spanning 20 years. Oh, those were the uh, those are the racing cars. Uh, both with manual transmission. Steve, kindly elaborate of what motivated you to actually get a stick shift car. I can't wait to hear the story. By the way, my Subaru WRX, a BMW wannabe, has six forward speeds and a clutch and a nice kick when when the revs hit around three thousand. Also, very importantly, dogs love Subarus and Subies love dogs. With warmest regards, Gary. How I can tell you exactly. I can tell you exactly. How have we never told the story? I don't know, but I uh, if maybe we haven't. Maybe it's in one of the forty podcasts he did perhaps, perhaps. Well, he, uh, maybe that's yeah, why he enjoyed he flew it. I, I, and, I, and I'm grateful that he has enjoyed three of my books too. I've written six of them, but he's enjoyed <laughs> he's enjoyed three of them, and read all six of them. But uh, which is which is a pretty good batting average, I would say. But uh, uh Here's exactly. It's a short story, how I came to buy a stick. I, went, I wanted to get a Mini. Went to the Mini dealership with you, I think.
0: We had gotten married. You were coming to Connecticut. You had been living in Manhattan for years. did You car. did not need a car. You did not have and the, a car. And, and, you and, and, needed a car.
1: I needed a car, and I wanted to get a Mini. You did. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, unaware and, and frankly, uh, not caring that every other Mini I would see on the road would be driven by a 50-year-old woman or a... 16 year old girl
0: both accurate
1: both accurate um so i went to the mini dealership i think you were with me i was with you and uh said you know i wanted to get a mini the guy said great showed me around and i said don't you have any with automatic transmission and he looked at me like uh, you yeah like yeah. i was i was uh i was i was uh
0: he looked at you like you were a sixteen-year-old girl or a fifteen-year-old woman,
1: and he said something. I'm paraphrasing just slightly here. Really, really, you want to get an auto? I mean, we'll sell you one. They make them, I think, ten percent or something like that, or automatic. But you're not going to get a mini to for automatic transmission. Oh. and I said, "Well, I, I don't drive a stick." Well,
0: no, no, no. And then he said. You can get one, but we won't have one on the lot for like two months. Yeah, and you couldn't go two months without a car. So you said, "Okay, let well, me." But, so let you me said, get the, the, "Let's, let's test drive to it." And we, this is how and I we remember. went to the old this Greyhound is,
1: track. Yes, this is how I. Know I'm sorry, I was the uh, Fronton wasn't it? Yeah,
0: this is how I know I was with you because just across, like, down the street from the mini dealership, was in a, Hartford, a, Connecticut, was a, a a wide open parking lot because it used to be where they played a former High Life
1: Fronton can I keep saying High Life Fronton
0: yeah I don't even know what a Fronton is but use use Fronton (laughs) as much as you would like and the reason I know I was with you is because I was in stuck in the back of the Mini which doesn't really
1: have a back it has a back seat technically but you can't fit in it
0: yeah so I climb in the back.
1: I'm I'm in the driver's seat. You're in the driver's seat. The, the car dealer is in the shotgun seat. You're in the back like like Bobby Brady when when, when 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 Greg Brady went on the date to the drive in movie theater and old Croaker the Frog, Peter Brady, I'm sorry, jumped into the pizza that they ordered, but go on.
0: So And you had never, ever driven a stick shift before. So you're in a brand new car. You're like test driving this thing, lurching there, through there, the Fronton? Were you lurching the, the through? Parking the parking
1: lot of the High Life Fronton. Okay.
0: You were lurching through the parking lot of the High Life Fronton. I'm in the back of the car, both scared for my safety and horrified and embarrassment that my husband can't drive a lurching, Mini Cooper lurching. stick shift just lurching through this parking lot. And eventually eventually, um Th- that experience was over you purchased the mini cooper and i brought you where did we go to the, the high school the high school parking lot i he went taught, to our, yeah. our local high school parking lot which is where my father taught me how to drive a stick shift where i am now teaching our 15 year old not how to drive a stick shift but just teaching her a little bit you know how to park and little things in the car and um i taught you there <laughs> I brought you there and taught you how to drive a stick. Shift. And,
1: and, and, and strangely after we got home I said, can you teach me to throw? You said, not today. I've got a lot to do. I said, that's okay. But it was still very nice. Was the, By the cat way, in the cradle? Yeah, while I've, while uh, I've, while I've been, uh, uh, while you've been talking, I've been Googling Fronton, F-R-O-N-T-O-N.
0: Because that's what, when, when I talk, unlike EF Hutton, you do not listen. When you Google. Talks, I Google.
1: A building where Pelota or High li is played. So I believe we should use uh, Fronton as frequently as we can.
0: I agree. Um I'll we'll have to figure out a way I can get it into a basketball telecast. But uh anyway, Dr. Siegel, Steve, that was the only stick shift Steve has ever had or
1: likely to ever have. It. And and the car that I test drove by the way, uh, had to be had to be towed off the lot and and taken straight to the impound where where it was smashed into <laughs> a small cube.
0: And um Dr. Siegel will appreciate this. Steve never mastered the downshift. So if he was slowing down, coming to a light, whatever, his move was always neutral and use the brake. Neutral and use the brake. So he learned how to drive the... But that was before I was watching a lot of Formula One. He learned how how to drive the stick shift, but he could not downshift to, uh, to save his life. So anyway.
1: On that note. On
0: that note. Don't you love when I talk? I love it. And, and, and Downshifting.
1: For, for producer Denny Gallagher, who, who has been on call standing by all week. One, I know. We're like, we're not going like to do one this week.
0: Can you do one tomorrow? Can you do one Thursday? So he's been spectacular. He hasn't really,
1: he hasn't really badgered us to do one, but uh, he, he knows not to, not to uh, poke the boss mama, especially when <clears throat> she's, she's in, in mode where she says, all right, let's bang one of these out.
0: Was that my voice? Who is that? That's a gravelly, you, you, you like pop voice. Or? You had
1: just smoked a, a carton of <laughs> Pall Malls.
0: <laughs> while drinking my Boone's Farm Snow Creek well, While Berry. drinking
1: beer straight from the Quinnipiac River in Connecticut.
0: <laughs> On that. On all of those notes, as for, as
1: for producer Denny Gallagher, who's busily arranging a a, a a Star Wars cantina of Ball and Chain listeners. Um, Not
0: listeners, uh, residents. Uh, residents. Ball and the Chain residents. Convention. At the LaGuardia, LaGuardia? No, <laughs> at the JFK. Even
1: even better at the JFK hotel. We'll at the JFK it? TWA um, Marriott. Catch me if you can hotel. I don't know that it's chain affiliated. But anyway, it, but, but the Star Wars Cantina is is my mental. While image. he's
0: busy doing all of those things, we thank and, and, him.
1: And, and I, I jest; he's not doing any of those things, but
0: and but he is inserting in, inserting into many of the podcasts um, as a Rebecca Lobo set shot. So uh, hopefully he found that a way to get that into this one. Anyway, uh, thanking Denny and on behalf of- oh, that, that
1: makes me think that Netflix has just uploaded six, all six seasons of Sister, Sister. And you appeared in an episode. Maybe we'll, I, we'll I save that discussion for next week. I don't think I've ever watched that
0: episode, but I think I'm in it, and I think I may be in a refrigerator. But we, anyway, we know this
1: because our, our daughter told us last night that yes. Sister, Sister is now on Netflix, and uh, therefore your episode will be there. Okay, on anyway.
0: behalf of everybody, Tom Dick Harry plays us out.
2: Six of us and the family pet living in its cuckoo nest. Daily grind puts sanity to a daily test. Androgynous and vigorous, while well, we give for a little rest. Stay by day just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane.